Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Cam, you mentioned Big 12 Media Days. We know who will be there representing the Longhorns along with Steve Sarkeesian. Of the guys that are going to be there, Cam, who intrigues you the most in terms of the Texas attendees? Quinn yours. That, that was easy. Well, quick, quick trigger on that answer, yeah. sir. Why Quinn? Just you want to hear? Just you want to hear? Just what QB one has to say? He, how his off season's been going? He's a chance to become the first quarterback from Texas to be drafted in the first round since Vince Young. There's a chance, depending on how well this season goes, there's a chance for Texas to be in a Big Twelve championship, which I think they should be, no matter what happens this year, whether Quinn's healthy or not, but. If Texas goes 12-1, and I think you're going to look back and you're going to see Quinn Ewers having a great year. I don't know if he's going to be in Heisman contention or, or whatnot, but I think a big part of this next season is the development of Quinn Ewers, the maturation of Quinn Ewers, what he can do, because there was times last season, the second half, where you could kind of tell that Quinn had just, you know, instead of trying to develop, he just relied a little bit too much on his talent. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hey, I could do this in high school just playing at 60%. Doesn't work that way in Division One anymore. And he's getting ready for the SEC. You know, you want to get ready for whether or not he plays in the SEC yeah. or not. He wants his dream is ultimately to play in the NFL. Well, you got to put the work in. And it I, seems yeah. like this winter, we talked about it. It seems like he has. I mean, you, we've we talked about some of the pieces that's gone up on Horns two four seven of you know opposing coaches and opponents talking about how Quinn has looked and how he's taking everything more seriously. So we'll see. For me, that's why. He's the most interesting player to talk to. The, the critical part for him was always going to be because during spring ball, I mean, you're going to work. It was going to be from the time spring ball ended, really up until you get to Big Twelve Media Days. You know, the months of of May, June, and and what is going to take place in July at that point. And, and a lot of the guys will be coming off of a a break for you know the Fourth of July. You get yeah. that break in the middle of the summer, but that's really. The stuff that we talked about last year with Quinn, you know, the footwork and things like that, and the mechan- the baseline mechanics, the stuff that we said, hey, that, that's not something you fix during in the, while you're in season. That's stuff that you fix in the off season. Okay, that's stuff that he had a chance to work on during the winter. Obviously, you work on it during spring ball, and now you work on it at this point in time. I also think him becoming a leader. I, not to say that he's a bad leader or he's incapable of it, but I mean, you lose a voice like Roshan on offense, and you've got you've to gotta have guys step up, but it's got to be natural for those guys. Right, like it can't, it can't be fake. It can't be phony because guys, especially people, can say what they want about you know from millennial and and really, you're kind of running. I don't even know if you have millennials on this team technically. I forget what years it runs, but like I don't think so. With, with Gen Zers, people can say whatever they want about those generations. You know, kids today, Cam, you're around high school kids a lot, covering uh, you know doing play by play for Round Rock baseball and and being the voice of, of McNeil football this last year. Young kids can typically. They can see through BS. They know when you're being real with them and when you're not. Mm-hmm. And they want they want to be led. I feel like they want to be led. They want to have a leader to look up to. This team had that last year with Roshan. You don't have that. How can you know Quinn and even a guy like Jordan Whittington, uh, who's going to be in our reason, how do those guys do that effectively yet be authentic about it? Because you can't be Roshan. 
You can't just try to be Roshan because Roshan was authentic in the way he led. I think authentic leadership is far more important than seeing you know who's going to jump down someone's throat or whatnot. Yeah, there was times last year I think there was if there was a miscommunication or a drop. Beginning the season, Quinn he wouldn't really react. Right, he just kind of be kind of calm, walk to the sideline. Second half of the season, we started to see more of that focal leader from Quinn Ewers, and I think you guys asked him about it in press conferences, and he kind of said, yeah, okay, i got to step up more and be more of a leader. And we saw kind of he would get a little bit more angry at receivers after some drops, miscommunications, but he would talk to them. And the part about being a leader is not just yelling at a receiver for dropping right. the ball. It's how you work on that in the sideline and you get your guy ready for the next play. And that's, that's the biggest step for Quinn Ewers because I think naturally his personality – He's a pretty laid-back, relaxed guy. So becoming a leader, it isn't just like, okay, I'm going to be a leader this year. That's not how it works. You got to, you know, it it takes time for. I think I want to do this as, as a human being who's, you know, who's a little bit more, you know, uh, I don't know if I would say he's antisocial or anything because I don't know him that well. But if you're, it's going to take some time for him to get comfortable doing that. I think it, you know, if you play any sports right and you're not that type of guy. It can be a little weird telling your teammate, especially if he's older, like, hey, you got to do this better. You got to work on this. And it takes time for Quinn, I think, to figure that part out. And that's a big part of his, his next step along with the footwork. We saw it on social media, and you could hear it last, you know, last year from the time he got to campus. He did a really good job of bringing himself into the locker room yeah. and adapting. Because and... He, he joined the team pretty late. Yeah, he, got, he got there uh, in, in January at, at the semester. And... You know, Hudson Card was already established as, yeah. as a guy that you know had had some skins on the wall, had actually played, but you know, and Quinn didn't try. I think there were a lot of, and some of the players have said this. There were a lot of misconceptions about Quinn and his personality that were quickly dispelled, and I think it helped too. You know, he had guys in that locker room. You know, he he played high school ball with Andre Carriage, who's no longer there, but Carriage mm-hmm. was there last year. Uh, he he had worked out in Dallas with a guy like uh, a JT Sanders. You know, guy, there were guys that knew him and, and could really back up. Like, no, this is this may be the version of Quinn Ewers that, based on social media and based on conjecture, you think is out there. This is the real Quinn Ewers that we know. So I, I don't worry about. I've never worried about Quinn. You know, from hearing the, even the early returns from when he got to campus. In terms of him assimilating himself into the locker room, just being a part of the culture, kind of blending in and meshing with everybody. But now, can he take those next steps yeah. in the way he knows how to lead? Same thing with Jordan Whittington. Stay with offense. The guy that I'm most anxious to hear from is Xavier Worthy because we still have it. Yeah. At the time of the bowl game, <laughs> at the time of the bowl game, he was answering questions. Most of the questions geared toward him was, "Are you going to be back here next year, or are you going to hit the portal, or are you going to go elsewhere?" And since then, we haven't talked to him since the the revelation about the hand injury came out. So, I think for X, it's just man, how have you just after all the stuff last year, right? The hand injury, the transfer rumors, the erratic play, blah blah blah. How have you worked on just wiping the slate clean and just starting over, just trying to start fresh? We talked about it with Chad yesterday on midday with Chad and myself. Do you think Sark's putting Xavier? At this Big 12 media days because he knows the tough questions X is going to get, but also if you want to be an NFL receiver, you kind of got to get used to it, right? I think that's part of it. I think two media days is the time where for a guy like X, knowing the questions that are going to be asked, put him out there in front of everybody at once. And, and I, 
I wish more people, when there's stuff that needs to be addressed publicly, I just wish coaches, players, whoever would just do it this way. Send them out there, rip the Band-Aid off, let everybody ask what they need to ask in the middle of July, so that way when you get to August, and if you want to bring them out for an availability, all that other stuff has already been dealt with. Yeah, There's no point, and at that point, it's on you as a reporter if you didn't ask those questions in July because he's already addressed it, he's already answered it, and you know, you're know you moving on to whatever's next. And that's not going to stop anybody from asking whatever questions they want, but I think from, from X's standpoint, this is his chance to publicly, in a court of public opinion, get everything out there, wipe the slate clean, and, and make it clear that, hey, I'm starting over, the year has passed, here's how I moved on, Here's what we're working on, and here's what I'm looking forward to. So, like I said, just rip that Band-Aid off and get over it. Just just get it over with. He's going he's to get peppered with questions about no question. the hand. And I think that it's a, it's a, you know, no pun intended, it's a worthy question to be asked of him. The transfer stuff, I don't really care about enough. It's just That's just how football is going to work now where your guys are going to be getting recruited even while they're on a different roster. And then the the next step about the the deep balls the the miscommunications the, his drop in Washington getting that worked on how did that relate to you know the broken hand what was was that just you know between just on the lack of chemistry between him and Quinn Ewers so it's all questions I think that are that need to be asked and like you said kind of glad the band aid gets ripped off because it does get a little bit boring hearing the same questions asked throughout the entire season because Worthy was never really I mean he wasn't a part of you know a lot of post scheme scrums right no. Mm-mm. No, and a lot of times his play didn't dictate that he he necessarily needed. Yeah, me. and I'm sure he did I not want to deal with the media. I, I think he was a. I'm trying to remember. I think he was made available after the West Virginia game, but yeah, there weren't a ton of times where he was made available. We went a long. I, I I know this, Cam. We went a long time without speaking to him until we got him at the bowl game. Yeah, I know that much. Uh, anybody else you're interested in hearing from? You got those two that we talked about, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, Jalen Ford, Jaday Barron, and obviously Sark will be there. I think Sark's probably the coach, right? I want to want to hear about his development, development of the players for the spring. And then also with Barron, I'm curious to hear what he says about his teammates. Yeah. More so not about him, but about who's really stepping up in the spring and what he thinks his defense is going to look like. Because we talked about yesterday, the secondary can be – can be solid if, if Catalan's healthy, because he, he did not participate in spring ball, right? Yeah, after getting the shoulder cleaned up, and Terrence Brooks, Terrence Brooks is the guy I go back to, man. If he if he can be an answer at field corner, then it allows you to to work your depth, work your chess pieces for depth so much more uh, liberally, for lack of a better term, off the top of my head. Like you can really just mix and match and decide what the truly best yeah. fits are for for a Gavin Holmes or an Austin Jordan or. Uh, in the case of Catalan being healthy, a Keaton Crawford or Jaron Thompson, how you're going to deploy guys. If you get what you think you can get, if you get the best versions of Terrence Brooks and the best versions of Jalen Catalan, no reason why you shouldn't have one of the best secondaries in a Big 12. If you don't have either of those guys, then your secondary is probably the ceiling significantly lowers. Lower, it's yeah. probably a middle-of-the-road secondary. Yeah. There's a few guys, like, we have not talked a lot about Austin Jordan, you know? He, he was a guy that played a lot of big snaps last year in big-time moments. Another year for him to develop. Yeah, One of our favorite players, Mo Blackwell. I'm uh, excited I'm to a see. Mo, I'm a Mo Blackwell truther. Anybody that listens to Longhorn Blitz knows I am a Mo Blackwell truther. I love me some Mo Blackwell. I might, be, I might give me a Mo Blackwell jersey this year. I haven't bought a Longhorn jersey in a minute. I'm, I, might, I might give me a Mo Blackwell jersey. Pull up to 
press conferences wearing that. Wearing my 37, damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's if, the, I'll tell you what, if Mo Blackwell, if anybody's listening, if anybody can relay this message to Mo Blackwell, if Mo Blackwell gets an NIL deal for a clothing line, like you know, a lot of these guys put out their own clothing brands or whatever, I saw Jaron Thompson just put his out. If Mo Blackwell has an NIL deal for a clothing line, I will buy a shirt from Mo Blackwell's clothing line and wear it proudly. We need to get you a, an NIL deal with ponchos while we're up in Dallas. Dude, I man, I would. So uh, we we got to plan our, our I feel, stops. I feel, like, I feel like Chappelle when he was talking about chicken. Just, do, just give me the food, ponchos. I'll do it for free. Because we're, we're going to be up there in Arlington. We got we got to figure out a, a day or time to get ponchos. <sighs> Dude, this, it might have me, to you happen. And Craig. Me, you, and Craig. Raise that flag, man. Get you some soap of peers. Be good. Need to make sure you get some Pepto you, you think, or something afterwards. You think Travis from Hayes Studio Store would be okay with ponchos? That would be if we stepped down. By the way, speaking of Travis, our good friend Travis from Hayes City Store, I did have uh, a little post-church lunch on Sunday, Cam, at the new Taste on Main in Buda. Oh, okay. Buda. It's Travis's new venture. Very, very quality mm, okay. food. Okay. I ordered off the brunch menu and got the uh, stuffed French toast with the breakfast taters. It's pretty damn good. Not gonna lie, it's pretty awesome. Forgot, what did my wife have? My wife had the Philly cheesesteak sandwich. It was really that good. that sounds so, incredible, man. Yeah. The, stu- the stuffed French toast on the brunch menu from Sunday was was on point. But I digress. Uh, yeah. So from and Jordan Whittington can answer those questions too about a Terrence Brooks or you know you know a guy we haven't talked about either. The, and and I think a lot of it stems from we don't know what percent he's going to be healthy. Jalen Gilbo. His recovery from that that knee injury last yeah. year, because there were times early in the year where he played really well. You talk about Austin Jordan. Yeah, I think it all ties together. You know, Gilbo's injury opened the door for Jaday Barron to really take over nickel. Uh, you know, Austin Jordan. You think about it. When Deshaun Jameson got hurt, I think Austin Jordan ended up playing like forty something snaps in the Alabama game. And I remember we talked about it on the Blitz afterwards. I'm like, man, if I'd have told you during the summer. If Austin Jordan plays 40-some-odd snaps in the Alabama game, what's the outcome? You'd probably say if Austin Jordan's playing that much, the game's probably well in hand for Bama, probably mid-third quarter. But, no, those were high-leverage yeah. snaps he played. Now, the flip side is when Ryan Watts got injured in the Iowa State game, he, he got exposed. I, I thought Iowa State did a really good job of exploiting him, playing that boundary, but he's a guy that's got some talent. So uh, a lot of intriguing pieces on that back end. You know, Xavier Bryce is a guy. Can that we don't talk about a lot, but you look at him at corner, he looks the part. Some real intriguing pieces in that secondary, and then I think from Sark, the main thing I want to hear is kind of what I, I asked him a version of this question in Houston. Just him going into year three, you know, year one, it was just kind of getting back on a horse, getting his feet wet as a head coach again. Last year, it's it's getting more comfortable working with the staff. Now year three in that role, that dual role of head coach and play caller on offense. Because you can't be tunnel visioned, you gotta you gotta have your head on the swivel. You gotta understand everything that's going on, and the Paul Christ factor. I really wonder this because we know how much Gary Patterson helped Pete Kwiatkowski. The start doesn't need help on on schemes or, or or putting together a game plan per se. I think what Sark needs is maybe maybe Paul Christ is that guy that and he again Paul Christ as an analyst can't have you know a, a communication device on game day. But can does does Paul Chris become a guy that Sark trusts mm-hmm. to say, hey, Steve, I think you need to we need to run the football here, or you need to keep airing it out, or you need to press him a little bit, whatever the case is. 
does Sark because I, I think Paul Chris has enough skins on the wall and would have enough respect from Sark that he could be that kind of guy that can do that can do some of that stuff during the game. Not that he didn't do it. Not that Gary Patterson wasn't. That Gary Patterson didn't relay information to Sark or they didn't communicate. But I just think Sark needs that guy that he almost perceives to be, you know, a football equal to him on the offensive side of the ball to. That maybe can can give him. I don't want to say give direction, but that can maybe get in his ear that he'll listen to and he'll take that opinion and and really really value it. You know the Paul the Paul Christ factor I think could be big with Sark. Maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I'm overrating it. I don't know, but some something something needs to change to get Sark to that next level in terms of managing a game, game situations, all the stuff we talked about, feel for the game, all the stuff we've talked about of can Sark coach a game to where Texas has an advantage in those tight games? Can he push the right buttons? I think that's a really big part of it. Going back to the defensive side real quick, Jeff, I'm curious from that 2022 recruiting class. We mentioned Terrence Brooks, who I think is going to be a big part defensively, but the safety position, we saw you know that was kind of you know a weakness last year for Texas. They added Jalen Catalan. We'll see how healthy he's going to be, but I'm curious, does anyone step up from that 22 class to safeties? Austin Jordan, he played safety at Denton Ryan. He played a little bit corner last he's, year. He's gonna be more. He's gonna be more of a corner. Yeah. But then that, that leaves B.J. Allen and Larry Turner Gooden. You know what happens with them this season? Do they make a leap? Do they make a step up, or are they just type two types of guys that you know maybe don't have a career at Texas, which I think would be two you know pretty big misses well, for Sark. I, I think you need those guys to develop and continue to come along. Because you could go into next spring with those two guys being your starting safety, yeah. or, or you could have some major holes at safety. Because Catalan will be gone after this year. You're, I'm assuming Thompson will be gone. I'm assuming Barron will be gone. I mean, hey, Michael Taft, pride of Westlake. He, yeah, he, we forget about Michael Taft. He is on scholarship. He's going to be a big player. And then also, you know, a freshman coming in, Malik Muhammad. He's a guy that yeah, got a and, lot of and, praise. And, and Manny Muhammad was a guy that was on campus for spring. Yeah. Right. He could be he could we talk about uh and we we'll talk about Daniel Cruz to the new old line commit. I forgot to mention him. We haven't forgotten about him in the show, but we'll talk about him in the Longhorn Notebook in hour two. Um but yeah, I, I got on Daniel Cruz. Who were we talking about? We were talking about Manny Muhammad and who were who else were we talking about, Cam? Besides like safety position. No, just the, Manny Muhammad was on, just the Manny Muhammad was on campus uh, during the spring. Yeah, yeah. Playing at corner position. Um, you got Derek Williams, too, who's in for the summer, who's going to be in camp that wasn't around during the spring. So I I really want to know, like, what, what do they end up doing with a guy like Jelani McDonald? Like, it, it, can he get snaps, and how can you deploy a guy like him that's just an uber athlete that could project to a number of positions? Like, mm. how do you want to use him? Like where do you, what do you see him being long term, and, and how do you see him helping you this year? Because I think similar to Anthony Hill, those could be two very different answers in terms of how does he help you short term, and what do you see for him over the long haul. 